I'm Adam Rappaport. Welcome to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. Today we are talking summer grilling because, well, it's it's summer and that's what you do in the summertime. Joining me in studio today is Bon Appetit Food Director Carla Lolly Music. How's it going? Oh, it's going awesome. Awesome. Psyched to be here. And Andrew Knowlton, restaurant and drink center, Bon Appetit. Hey, Andrew. Hello, guys. Are you ready to do this? Let's do it. All right, we're going to talk some just serious, essential tips and techniques for summer grilling. So let's get going. First up, because this is America, we got to start with burgers. Uh, the quintessential sort of grilled item, whether it's the best, I don't know. We can talk about that. But uh, how to do how to do a burger right? Because I think a, a lot of people either overthink their burgers, overcook their burgers. Uh, Andrew, what, what what are your sort of key moves for a perfect burger on the grill? I think the single most important thing when it comes to grilling a burger is the actual meat itself. And I think you should never buy store bought like cellophane plastic paper wrapped stuff that you get at the butcher. I think you should go to the butcher and go to a reputable butcher and that you know that it was ground that day or else or or even better yet ask them to grind grind it while you're standing there watching it. That's my first thing that I always do. Second of all is the the lean muscle to fat muscle ratio. Mm. And I'm a 70/30 guy, 70% wow. lean. Lose 30. Half I think your burger down the grill grate. I think that's the sweet spot. Well, I think all right, it's the all most right. important thing. Because oftentimes in this magazine, publication, website, all that we do, we talk about the 80-20 blend that for a burger you want 20% fat. Um, I always thought 30% you're in like sausage territory at that point. That's 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 not too much fat? No, I don't think so. I think if you're if you like your burger medium rare to medium well, because there are a few people who who are crazy, that that <laughs> is the perfect Kind of thing. Now, I think if you're if you are eating your burger rare, mm-hmm. then I think you want less fat. I mean, and we've talked about this a lot in the magazine, but fat is where the flavor is, and it's where, if you want a really juicy burger, you need the fat. And while a lot, you know, grass-fed beef is very in vogue and for good reason these days, um, and you'll get a unique flavor, but you're, I don't think you're ever going to get that much of a fat content in a grass-fed ground beef, are you? I don't, and, unless you're kind of adding. Uh, Bacon or, or some yeah. other fat in there. <laughs> yeah, unless you're blending in just no. beef fat, which yes. people do. People yeah. do. Um, but I think, you know, if we're talking about the Shake Shack here in New York and that's expanding, I believe that's a 70-30 burger. I don't think yeah. it's that high. You having having made high. many, many Shack burgers. Let's just, yeah, full disclosure, Carla was the, you were the general manager of the original Shake Shack in, Ma- in Madison Square Park here in Manhattan. That's, she's, she's worth and, billions now. Yeah. Yeah. How, what kind of stock <laughs> options did you get? Uh, having left the company before they went public, <laughs> I can't brag about that one. <laughs> I, I do have a question in terms of cuts of meat for Carla. Yes. Is when you talk about the fattier stuff, most restaurants do short rib mm-hmm. or or what Shake Shack does, the navel. Wow. Do you know about this? I wouldn't disclose any yeah. trade secrets I, I, if I, I if I did. But, I think the Shake Shack dude, is, you, is I using... I would say your belief system is a little off-kilter no, on that no, one. No, no, no. Shake I would Shack say... is using... I know they're using navel. Beef plate. They use beef plate in there. I know they do. There's, there's a creaminess and like a butteriness that you get from <laughs> navel that I know the Shake Shack uses. Perhaps I, they changed the recipe. I think they did. Mm. Or you, you're just sworn to some sort of... Yeah, well, let of, me just... I, w- I wouldn't... Yeah, I just wouldn't even go there. Yeah. 
Carla, you are no richer for having worked at Shake Shack. So I think you just spill all the company secrets you want. I'm I'm experientially so much richer, yeah. and my life is also shorter. <laughs> Thank you, Danny Meyer. All right, you know, well, you can go to a butcher. And we all, at restaurants these days, like places like Mineta Tavern in New York and Shake Shack, it's always a blend of like brisket and chuck and, and short rib. And do you ever do that, Andrew? Do you ever ask the butcher to blend different cuts for you, or is that is that too next level? That's. I mean, I have good butchers where I live, so I trust them that they're they're doing a blend of different muscles. I mean. I don't believe in like all the like the dry age stuff. I, I don't know. I mean, that's fine if you're going out, but I don't believe in those crazy fancy cuts in a burger. I kind of yeah. I like it just the simple chuck with some short rib in there. I, I do. I do ground chuck 80 20. But I will be honest. Last time I went to Florence Meat Market, my little joint in the West Village, um, been around since 1936. And I got to admit, Carla. I wanted it a little juicier. Maybe I should. Maybe this. I'm gonna I, go. I'm gonna. Maybe I'll step up to twenty five percent. Yeah, fat. I think so. I, I think seventy thirty is pushing it. And I think if you are going that high fat, that you're gonna see half of your burger drip drip through the burger grades. Have, you, have, tried crazy it? have you tried it? Have you tried a 70-30 I will burger? say that when the content of fat was too high in the Shack burger, what would happen is it would just shrink down to a hockey puck. So you would just see all of that fat running out. You end up with a sh- kind of shrunken little patty. And it's just greasy. Let's segue to the actual cooking of a burger. Um, like I said, at, at Shake Shack and similar places, they cook on a flat top griddle, and, and the burger simmers away in its own fat and gets crispy and fatty and delicious. Um, on a grill, however, you're cooking over live flame or gas flame. Um, and how do you manage that in terms of flare-ups, not overcooking, not undercooking? You were on the shoot this last year where we have a burger on our cover of the June issue of Bon Appetit uh, that we shot on the Ralph Lauren Ranch out in Colorado. It uh, looks perfectly cooked and juicy. Um, and yeah, how do you, it's not easy to do a grilled burger. No, not at all. I think that that, bur- that double RL burger is a great burger. It's also, they do a special blend, but 80-20 is totally going to work. But when you grill a burger, what you lose is that ability to press down mm-hmm. uh, when you put it down the first time and really press down and get that awesome seared crust Correct. on it what you would get at what they would call a smash burger we just press it into a cast iron skillet or a, or a griddle and it just gets that crispiness but it, it doesn't lose fat because it's cooking it's no fat. it's like searing a steak you get that really beautiful surface yeah. on it and you it's hard to do that on a grill because you if you push down on it half of no, it's going to go in that. between it's going to stick and it's hard to turn so, so what's so, your technique do you over high flame medium like where do you where do you put all, the burger always indirect mm-hmm. i always have an indirect grill going so you've got a cool side if you need to calm things down for a mm-hmm. second but i think you want medium medium high heat yeah. you know because it's not a very large cut you want to cook it quickly yep. and keep it rare in the middle so the trick is really getting a good enough sear originally so that you can turn it over without it sticking yeah and i will say so i i grilled this burger um for a video we shot for bonappetit.com and you can go to bonappetit.com i think backslash grilling is what it is and um i followed your directions and I don't want to say I was shocked, but I was pleasantly surprised that the burger turned out perfectly. And it wow. said, it "Wow, said, lucky break we got there." You said, "Make the patty," and then you always. This is another thing I learned last year: don't ever season the patty beforehand in the meat. You make yeah. the patty and season the outside with salt. I, a friend did this last year by accident. He's made the patties that morning, seasoned them with salt, and it kind of like clenched up and turned into like sausage meat. The, the salt like leaches out the liquid and the meat becomes tight. And yeah, you don't want you'll that. start to see beads of moisture on the yeah. surface. And that's another key thing with salting, seasoning the burger. Be super aggressive. Yeah. And if you're going to do a lot of burgers, I would actually recommend setting up a little thing of salt and then grinding the pepper right into it, toss it together mm. so that you can do a, have a whole tray of your patties 
season all of them at once and get them on the grill and then do the second side. And another thing that my butcher told me um, was, like you guys just said, just to season, after you form the patty very loosely, you season the outside with uh, salt if you want pepper. Um, but to do it 30 minutes before you're ready to grill, so it the the penetrates seat, a little, it but not penetrates too much. not too much, but it does get in there. Because don't forget, everyone always says you're not just seasoning the outside of the meat, but yeah. also the inside of the so, meat. So yeah, so I did that. So I packed it loosely. You don't want to you don't want that tight hockey puck. Packed it loosely, seasoned it, put it on the grill over that medium high coal. Did five minutes, as it said, and until the the, the burger slid off easily. If, right. if you try to move it too quickly, it's going to stick to the grill. Let it get nice and crispy. Flipped it over, put a slice of cheese on. You can do cheddar. We all like American here. We're pretty classic. Um, and then it said, put the top on and cook for about five more mini- minutes um, for medium rare. I took it off, and it was gorgeously cooked. I so was, you so followed perfect. the directions well. Yeah, and this was about a six-ounce burger, um, you know, five minutes a side. So it took about 10 minutes total, but uh, it, w- it was gorgeous and beautiful. So this is one more tip from watching 36 Shack Burgers cook at a time <laughs> for two years, 12 hours a day. Knowing when to turn it over. Sometimes on the grill, it can be hard to see if you've got a sear on the bottom because mm-hmm. you've got flame coming up and it's harder yeah. to see that. Look at the top, the raw side of the burger. At a certain point, you're going to see not, I mean, the closest analogy is, when you see bubbles rising to the surface of a pancake, that kind of starts to happen on the top surface of the patty. Little areas are going to open up. You're going to see fat kind of rendering through there, and that's a good sign to turn it over. Well, all right. Good to know. All right. We're segueing to a very different topic right now, fish and seafood. Um, I've often said this before. I'm not a big fish guy, but I'm, I'm getting better. And for this video series we, we shot at bonapetit.com backslash grilling, so we did. A, we had a recipe in the in the June issue, Bon Appetit, uh, snapper escabeche with charred scallions, um, and this is kind of a classic Mediterranean technique um, where you're essentially grilling a piece of fish, and then after it's off the grill, bathing it in a vinegary vinaigrette, essentially oil vinegar. You whether you use red onions, um, we also have recipes with with fennel in there, some chilies. Um, and so I followed, again, the recipe as you guys in the Amazing. test kitchen wrote it. Uh, <laughs> I had two snapper fillets, skin on, um, laid them down there. And again, this is a tip I've learned from you. Um, the The reason fish sticks to the grill, skin on fish, is because you're trying to move it too quickly. Exactly. If you give it time to really form a crispy crust, it'll slide right over. And I think it was, uh, it said four to six minutes. I cooked it that way. I lifted it up, came off perfectly. A clean grill. Clean. I was very... going to say, clean and oil the grill, and you got to oil the skin side of the fish a little bit. Yes. If you And if the flame is not, if it's too low of a heat, you're going to have problems too. Yeah. But do those things, it will release. I did medium-high heat. Um, release, I like that word. Um, and I slid the spatula under, and it flipped right over. And I was like, wow, this looks like the picture in the magazine. Uh, did it for about a minute or so on the second side, because you don't want to get that, that the, the flesh side crispy. You're just cooking it through to just, for a white fish like this, you want like medium. You don't want me. this is not tuna. You don't want rare. Um, I took it off. I put it in a beautiful dish, and I bathed it with this beautiful vinaigrette with red onions and herbs. And the uh, the video crew went crazy for it. They were like, this is the best fish I've ever had. And I'm like, I just made it. I just followed directions. No, I have to admit, grilling fish scares the hell out of me. Just I've had a lot of traumatic experiences with <laughs> it, like the skin. And then, I don't know, just my Norwegian wife like getting angry because I don't know how to cook fish. But I will say this, a, a, a tentative chef is often the worst chef. Like That's where you make your mistakes when you're scared of something. You're not confident. My, my biggest thing is this: the tools that, I mean, 
you know, what, what, what you, Adam, you used two fish spatulas to kind of turn them at the same, to turn the well, fish? Well, no, these were, well, this was a snapper fillet, so they were not, okay. uh, they were not, it wasn't like a whole fish. So but Carla, good. if I'm doing a whole fish, how yeah. do I, how do I, with that, I don't want to use a basket or any right. of that stuff. How do I, I have to have No, two... it's tough. I went, I just went through this and I was using a fish spatula and you're kind of too close to the fire. You know, your it's wrist hot. hair is burning yes. and you're like, oh, you got to get out of here. And so fish, was... well, just to be clear, fish spatulas are those sort of webbed looking spatulas that are kind of flexible, which are they're great slotted. for, they're, but they're yeah. great for, if you have a fry pan, because they, they can get in there. But for a grill, you need something a you little gotta longer. Be, you have to get your hand a little further away. So right. reg, but two spatulas is a really good way to go and there are some of those very long what you call the front part the tongue of the spatula really long metal but thin enough to get under there and and that's your best bet because okay. then you can go from the tail end and the At head end time, right. and kind of roll you kind of want to roll it as roll opposed it. to picking it up and, and trying to turn it, yeah. it over you're really just pushing it over to the second yeah. side and I, and I think things like you know snapper and sea bass and all that um you just have to be patient with it. Trust the flame. Let that crust develop because this is not like a ribeye. There's not a ton of fat dripping from there and giant flare-ups. Um, so yeah, be patient. So, but Nolan, you are you like to grill seafood, but you're not a big fish griller. So what are you grilling? No, I a few years ago I was in um, Charleston, South Carolina, where they like to grill a lot of their shellfish, so oysters, clams, even mussels. So. Um, I spend a lot of time in Maine where you can get a lot of great um, shellfish. So I just put, you know, Damariscotta oysters right on the grill, uh, cover them, and it, you know, it's kind of like a. You don't even open them up first. You put them in on seal. I put them on, I just wash them and put them on, like sealed up. And then, you know, it's kind of has its own thermometer in there. They're done when the shell pops open. Do you cover them? Yes, I do yeah. cover them for, mm. and it takes maybe two or three minutes. Then I put them on a cookie tray, kind of wait a couple seconds and, and, and peel them off and then hit them with a little salsa verde or some um, hot sauce, maybe hot sauce or um, hot sauce with butter or yeah. anything or something I do. And I know you do this, Carla, too, is I'll take those. If I do clams, take the clams and I'll make them just a nice fresh pasta mm. and toss oh. the kind of grilled oh, clams wow. in the pasta. Grilled, like some, grilled linguine. Yeah. Oh, grilled I've, 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 grilled, I've grilled a lot of clams, but I've never then put them in them. a pasta. I mean, the one yes. you do, you've got to be careful get some of those juices it, in the, the shell. That's the hardest part. You lose some of the shells. But if you get nice, you know, juicy clams, that's my thing. So in a quick fix, like if I'm making steaks for people and the grill's already going, I'll throw some oysters and clams and just have people stand and eat them, eat them. drink yeah. rosé, and then they're happy, and then I can do my grill. Which is a very um, – grilled oysters are a very New Orleans thing also. Yes. Where you get some of those bigger, meatier golf yeah. oysters, which you maybe you don't always want to eat raw. Yeah, um, but not you, my favorite. You yeah. throw them on the grill and hit them with some hot sauce. And, like, and they're yeah, delicious. People, yeah. Carla, so – and you what you have, a, you have a new seafood favorite on the grill. Well, I was going to say, I know that grilling is a really American thing to do, but I'm really into Korean-style grilling, uh, yeah. which – the technique of the grilling is the same, but all the toppings and fixins um, are different. And we got really into doing squid. So whole bodies of squid that are cleaned, um, you can do on really high heat, just a little bit of olive oil. And we discovered my five-year-old will eat like his body weight in squid, <laughs> which is just weird. But my question is this, though. In let's first, in terms of buying the squid, because I have actually bought squid out in the North Fork and unclean they don't, yeah they don't always like, clean it like, hey, if you call us ahead of time we can do it but you know so i'm like all right so then do you get yours already clean it depends it yeah. depends on the we've had the same experience yeah. at gossman's uh -huh. right 
um, and they don't really want to clean it for you, but it's pretty easy to do. So you have you have the clean squid in front of you. Do you do you marinate it? Do you season it? Just what do you do? Really olive oil, salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Really keep it really super simple. And you grill it whole? And grill them whole. And then uh, this is another thing I love about the, the Korean grilling. As they come off, you want char. Um, squid cooks so quickly. And as they come off, you just take a pair of kitchen shears and then cut it into the bite size size pieces. Mm-hmm. Serve that with, you know, some kimchi, lettuces, some scallion, some um, sesame oil that has salt sprinkled into it. Let everybody make their own little wrappers. It yeah. is the best. That hot and cold, crunchy. We are going to now shift to vegetables. Nolan, you have this, uh, it's like you're on an infomercial these days with this grill topper thing. <laughs> what the hell is this? So I was at some bad, you know, grocery store in Maine and at the cash register, they had these things called grill toppers. And the one I like is from Oscarware. I I don't work for them, honestly. They're made in the USA, by the way. But they're basically aluminum disposable trays. And I've lost a lot of soldiers on the grill falling through the grates, whether it's asparagus or onions. And these allow me to grill everything which i when it comes to vegetables even if you don't think you should grill it or can grill it i grill it so that's everything from broccoli rob to oyster mushrooms to do peas on that peas those are broccoli itself yeah grill broccoli is is it just basically olive oil and salt that's it olive oil salt and you know whatever aleppo or whatever kind of spice you want in there and also uh something i know carla's in love with just baby artichokes that I've cleaned and then half them and then grill them. A little olive oil and, and lemon, greatest greatest grill vegetable there is. Carla, what, what's your veg sitch? I, I really love, like Andrew said, the artichokes. And if I'm feeling ambitious, I'll do a globe artichoke. But those take a little, you might, you know, a little more work. Um, but I'm committed to that. I think it's great. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but I also really love to do leafy greens that, you know, mm. you would normally kind of be used to having raw in a salad so i'll take or i'll take kale black kale is really great for this just pull the tough stem off toss it with a little olive oil salt and pepper i think that's the theme here and then cook it quickly till it's charred and then chop it up and turn that into a salad or a side dish or you can combine it with veg that hasn't been grilled and kind of do that half charred half raw thing that's great with creamy dressings that's great with Simple vinaigrettes. It's you could yeah. just squeeze lime and lemon over that. It'd be good to go. You see a lot these days. Um, we've done in the magazine. You see a lot of chefs doing like they'll just have a head of romaine lettuce and just put it on the grill like a steak and get nice and charred on one side. Flip it over and then kind of make you can do like a grilled Caesar salad out of it. Uh, my wife loves uh, have she'll just take have heads of radicchio and grill them until mm. um, they get all charred and start to wilt and then toss them in a little uh, balsamic vinegar and oil afterwards. And I think with vegetables, uh, you know these charred char greens that that, that's something that's really nice room temperature so i like to do that before i do the meat and all that and then just you know put it on the plate tratter and it's ready to go kind of like a classic antipasti all right finally chicken america's favorite meat even even more so than burgers perhaps but chicken is a challenge on the grill because no one wants medium rare chicken (laughs) we've all had that uh, growing up like the barbecued chicken that just ends up into a blackened center because someone shellacks it with the really sweet store-bought sauce and it's just Flam broiled. Yeah. Uh, it's burnt on the outside, rare on the inside. It's just a mess. So I guess, Carl, what's your, what, how do you like to grow chicken and what are some tips or techniques that can ensure well-cooked chicken? Well, I'll just start by saying I'm really, really good at grilling chicken. <laughs> wow. Okay. For those of you who don't know. Um, so whether it's chicken wings, skin on chicken thighs, with or without the bone, half a chicken, 
you know, spatchcock chicken, the key is you have to be patient. Mm -hmm. So you want medium to medium high heat. You need to start it. This is a new thing that I learned from working here. If it is a half half a chicken or a spatchcock chicken, actually start That's like it. A, like a butterfly chicken. Butterfly yeah. chicken or even chicken thighs. Actually now start them on the flesh side mm-hmm. because that will help you a lot with the flare-ups. So that gives the skin a chance to start to render without just pouring onto the coals and kicking up flame. Okay, I've, but I've had this problem you got to go slower than you think. You have to be patient and you have to have indirect heat again so yeah. that you can pull pull onto that cooler side if you need to. But you yeah. can also turn chicken back and forth a mm-hmm. bunch of times. Like with fish, you have delicate flesh yeah. that's going to start to fall apart on you. With chicken, if it starts to look like you're getting a flare up, just turn it over, let it hang out, turn it back. It's like going to keep getting brown, even if it's gradual. Yeah. But let, let, when you do skin side down, make sure that it's over kind of medium heat, then flip it over to the bone side and allow it to cook through more evenly. Do you, In terms of putting the top on, do you do that? Sometimes I do. Yeah. If I feel like I'm at the right brownness and I don't want to get charred, but I'm not quite cooked through, I'll put the lid on, have half the vents open for control and let it act like an oven. Maybe 15 years ago from, I learned a trick from Sohi Kim who owns uh, the Good Fork in, in Brooklyn, which is kind of a Korean style. She has this amazing marinade where it's just soy, fresh ginger, fresh garlic, a little bit of honey, mm. and then gojujang, which is like the sriracha of Korea, mixes it in a bag mm. and it just mm-hmm. has this like sweet yeah. heat and it's it's like my go-to. I would do that sometimes with, I would take, um, and I think this is a one time where you want high heat with chicken. If you're doing boneless thighs or 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 breasts, I recommend thighs, just more flavor and stuff. Um, I will marinate them in an Asian style marinade and just throw them on high heat. Yeah. You, those you want to cook pretty quickly, almost like a steak. And you want that nice crispy char on the outside and flip them. And then I would just serve that. I'll do like little kind of either take lettuce and make little lettuce wraps or some tortillas and do a taco sort of thing. But any um, marinade, like Andrew's saying, that has honey, gochujang has sugar in it. If you have barbecue sauce, that's when, you know, you're either going very thin cut very fast yes. or you have to Really be careful right. about your heat Flare-ups. because they're, it's going to burn. That sugar is going to burn. But, but even when you're doing classic barbecued American chicken, you want to get that. You want to start. You want to get it cooked pretty much through before you even add any sauce. Correct. Yeah. Important thing I've learned today: put the sauce on after the chicken's almost already done. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Carl Lally, music food director from Bon Appetit, and Andrew Knowlton, restaurant and drinks editor. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of grilling, last night at our annual editorial retreat, we got some thoughts and inputs from our staffers and friends on how to grill the perfect burger. Let's give a listen. First, say your name and say what you do. Brad Leone, Test Kitchen Manager for Bon Appetit Magazine. Brad, we're here at the Bon Appetit staff party eating burgers. How do you do your burger? I like pickles and Russian dressing and... Gruyere cheese, non-toasted bun. Medium rare, generally with cheese. Elena, tell me about your burger. Well, if it's in prime tomato season, I definitely have a nice beef steak slice on there. Um, I am a fan of the sauce, so- of a sauce, so- like a a pasty situation. Sometimes like an avocado pasty situation. I also love caramelized onions on top of that patty. Uh, I really look at burgers as a vehicle for Heinz ketchup. Salt and pepper only on the outside, only a, a 
applied right before grilling. Uh, super hot grill, medium rare, there's no other way. Toppings for me, simple lettuce, never tomato. It just squidges out, special sauce, cheese, always. What kind of cheese? Cheddar, gotta be sharp, no goo. And we are also drinking because we are at Three's Brewing, which is a brewery slash bar. So what is your go-to summer drink? Uh, you know, I like a good Pilsner. My summer drink is, if I'm lucky, there's Aperol or Campari around, and I'll make a spritz. Gosh, I love a margarita. Never going to get over it. Straight up, not, not blended, not the frozen kind. Not blended. Rocks, salt. I like it really tart, less sweet, and very strong. Probably gin and fresca. <laughs> Uh, right now, I think I'm just in a Corona and rosé. Definitely a lot of rosé. An Aperol or Campari spritz with uh, an orange wedge. Okay, now we are breaking out of the staff loop for a second and talking with two of our lovely hosts, Nick Morgenstern and Andrew Tarlow. So, Andrew, we're eating uh, a version of your diner burger tonight, and we've been asking people how they do their own burgers. First of all, tell us about the burger that we're having. The burger you're eating tonight is 100% grass-fed beef. All the animals have been sourced directly from the farm. We have gone to visit the farmer who raised those animals. We bring them down to New York in whole form, where we grind them on a daily basis at the butcher shop at Marlowe and Daughters. And then we distribute that to all the restaurants, mainly to diner. Nick, are you a burger guy? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. How do you do your burger? You know what, I don't cook burgers at home, actually. I eat them out. I'm usually, I guess I'm usually curious to see what people are doing with it out. The burger I had tonight was excellent. It was great because the patty wasn't too big. It was pr I, probably a three or four ounce patty, which I think is crucial. These gigantic eight and 10 ounce patties are absurd. Like, you shouldn't feel like you want to sleep afterwards. And as a good friend of mine said this evening, you know, you should feel like you can have sex after you've had dinner. And what about following up some burger with a Morgenstern Sunday? Do you feel like you should also be feeling nimble after that? Yeah, I mean, I for me, it's like single dip on a cone is good. That's enough. Single, sing, that's it. So that's what I think. But people go ham on some ice cream, man. I see it all every day, all day. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is recorded to a digital device in the small conference room on the 36th floor of One World Trade Center in New York City. Our engineer is Mitra Kaboli, with production assistance from Bell Cushing and Kerry Polis, and is produced by Scott DeSimon. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or at bonappetit.com.